Everybody had a great and safe New Year's. We kind of had a storm come through. Um, I was in bed pretty early on New Year's Eve. I usually am. I was home by probably six or seven, and that's just, I'm an old man. That's what old people do. <laughs> Have you seen those uh, the insurance commercials where people turn into their parents? That's just kind of what happens when we get older. We just start, start doing that. And that, In my case, that's a good thing. I get good parents. They're... Yeah, there you go. But, so it's the first Sunday of 2021, um, and I said last week that I was going to kind of give us a fresh vision for 2021, kind of go back to, the, to where we all started as the River Church. When we started in 2018, late 2017, I think we decided to change the name, but, but January 2018 was kind of when it launched. Um, I kind of want to take us back to what our thought process was, where we were at that time, what we were thinking and um, kind of refocus our vision for 2021. Have you ever seen a bird that flies into a window? Have you ever had a bird fly into your window at home? The ones that don't break their neck, because some do that. So the kids are all gone at children's church. And <laughs> uh, they, they're stunned for a little bit, and they eventually shake it off and fly away. Now, some of them don't ever fly away, but some of them just get stunned for a little bit. They fly away. I remember a story Chris told me about the time he had a bat in his house, and he hit it. I can't remember what he used to hit it. A tennis racket? Something. He, oh, the ceiling fan. That was it. The ceiling fan hit the bat, and, and the bat was like just stunned for a while, and it gave him a chance to grab it. And, and I feel like kind of that's what 2021 was to us, a ceiling fan. It was like whack, right? Right upside our head. Or we were flying along, thought everything was good, didn't see the window, boom. And we got a little bit stunned. Well, what happens to the bird and what had to ha- it was too late for the bat, was uh, we got to refocus. We got to refocus our vision. We got to shake it off. You ever done that? You ever bang your head and you're a little bit loopy for a little bit? You shake it off. Of course, nowadays we know about concussions. When, when I was a kid, I didn't know about a concussion. I didn't know that I shouldn't immediately take a nap when I hit my head really hard because that's what I wanted to do. But so we've run into 2020. We've got to shake it off and refocus. And so that's what I want to do uh, just a little bit this morning. Um, brief history. In 2017, late 2017, um, I was in talks with Pastor Sharon and our district officials. They were talking to, to me and to us about our intentions moving forward for the church and were kind of asking me if I would have any interest in, in becoming pastor of the church. They were, the, uh, you know, we were looking toward the future and, you know, I felt like, I mean, there have been times in my life that I've thought that that's what I was supposed to do, but then there's also been times in my life where I thought I didn't want to do that. But I believe that in late 2017, the timing was right. I felt like that God had done things in me that he needed to do, and I felt like the timing was right. And so um, I said, yes, I agreed to it. I thought that it was God's, God's will and God's plan, but I always wanted to change the name of the church, um, just for a couple different reasons, because we moved out of, in the early 80s, we moved out in the late 70s. This church was built in 79. Late 70s, we moved our church out of the South Park district. So we're not in the South Park district anymore. And um, 
I, wanted, I always thought the church needed a name that kind of reflected its mission. And also there's a horrible cartoon called South Park that's, that I just, every time somebody asked me where I went to church and I told them, they would say, like the cartoon? And so, and I know nothing like the cartoon. <laughs> uh, so, so anyway, so for those reasons and for some others, I felt like moving forward, we needed to change you know, the name of the church. And so we, we began to pray about it. I began to, uh, I, you know, we didn't hire an outside firm to do a study, <laughs> but I looked at some studies that had been done online, <laughs> you know, and um, was praying about, God, what do you want? You know, what, God, we want, it to be, we want it to be something that reflects your vision, something that reflects the vision of the church, something that will speak to the community. When, when you say the name of the church, it will mean something. And I was, honestly, I was looking in Ezekiel's, I was looking for Ezekiel 37, uh, the Valley of the Dry Bones, but I was 10 chapters off in my memory and I hit Ezekiel 47. I started reading it, I knew it was in the wrong place, but I kept reading anyway. So I'm going to read that to you this morning. Uh, Ezekiel 47, I'm going to go 1 through 12. This is a vision that Ezekiel has, um, a dream or a vision The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was trickling from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. Um, Some of your translations will say 500 feet. A thousand cubits, and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to the waist. He measured off another thousand. By now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. He asked me, Son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Erebaha. I pronounced that wrong. Where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the salty water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows... Everything will live. And when I read that, it spoke to me. That where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engalium. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on the banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Lord, we thank you for the scripture. God, I pray in these next few moments, God, as we look into it, God, that we would find uh, a vision for ourselves. God, that we would recommit, God, that we would shake off the dizziness that has come upon us, that we would shake off the numbness that maybe some of us are feeling, and that we would refocus ourselves and our lives 
to follow hard after you. I thank you for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. I read about this river and I wanted our church to be like this river, a place where things lived, that where everywhere the water flowed, life came. That even the people associated with us, fruit came up in them. It says the trees that were on the banks of the river, fruit came up in them. And I knew after reading the scripture and after some prayer that this was the direction that I wanted to go. And then I presented it to the church. And then the church either liked it or they pretended like they did. And we went with the river church. So every time you say the river church, I want you to think about this river coming out of the throne of God. So I want to talk, I want to do some observation of, of this scripture in Ezekiel 47 um, and how it affects us and how I want it to relate to us in 2021 going forward. The first thing I want to observe is that the river comes from God. This river, so when I'm talking about this river, I'm not talking about me or this church specifically. I am in a way that I want our vision to parallel this river. I want, I want to get swallowed up into this river that comes from the throne of God. And what is this river? Jesus stood on the last day of the feast in John 7, and he said, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. He says, And I will give him life. And then rivers of living water will come up out of him. I'll, I, let me read it to you verbatim. On the last and the greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the source for this river that comes from the throne of God. And I want Jesus to be the source for this, the river church. I want every message that is preached, I want every song that is sung to come from the source, Jesus. Every prayer that is prayed to come from the life of Jesus. If you want, in 2021, if you want my preaching to be political in nature or to be about American politics, you're going to be sorely disappointed. I am going to preach and I'm going to teach about Jesus Christ and the life of Jesus Christ and the life that he and he alone can give. Jesus is the source of this river. And we see this in his life and ministry. And that is our goal and our vision for the river church to be plugged in to the river that comes from the throne of God in such a way that, that synonymous with, uh, I probably used that word wrong, but the same as stepping, in, stepping into the river church is very closely linked to stepping into the river of God. Again, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. Please don't mishear me. Please don't think that I'm saying that this church is the only church in this town, that this church is the only true and believing church. That is not what I'm saying. But I'm saying as leader of this church, I want to have everything we do and everything that we say come from the life-giving river of Christ. <clears throat> our ministry, our preaching, our worship, our communion time, our community service, it should all flow from the life of Christ. Amen? Yes. Every meal we give should not come from a place of, oh, I got to go do this. It should come from a place of the life of Christ. Yes. Every coat we give, we should give it like we're giving it to Jesus. Yes. <clears throat> Amen? Yes. Okay, if you're, 
If you're looking for the preaching to reflect the life of Jesus and strive to come up with ways in which we can follow in his footsteps, then that is my prayer that that's what you'll find. That we strive for the life of Jesus. We're going to, come, we're going to fall short. But we strive to live the life he lived. And then we come, try to come up with ways to, put, to enact that. It's not just a pie in the sky and a someday, one day. It's a Jesus right here, right now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. We have an obligation to bring the kingdom of God with us wherever we go. That when I go to work, now come on now, this is, that when I go to work, I take the kingdom of God with me. And, and like Brother Paul was talking about, difficult times at his job. When difficult times hit me at my job, that I have the kingdom of God. That I respond as Christ would respond. Again, we're not always going to succeed. <laughs> but we strive for that. All right. Our preaching and teaching will reflect Hopefully, prayerfully, we'll reflect, reflect the life of Jesus and strive to come up with ways where we can follow in his footsteps inside this building and outside this building. Amen. As our brother Paul said, the church is not a building. The church is a believer who believes. And then the, then the, then the river will start to flow out of them. The river that comes out of you is not for your benefit. It's for mine. The river that comes up out of me as I believe in Jesus is not for my benefit. It's for yours. That's why community is so important. All right. So the first thing I wanted to say, the first point I wanted to get across was that the river in this scripture specifically was fulfilled in the life of Jesus. God did not give Ezekiel a vision about 4405 South 22nd Street. But we want to tap into that. We want to come alongside that. We want to hold hands with that vision. Amen? Amen. All right, another thing I love about this river that's depicted here is that it is diverse. It says that the river had all kinds of fish. Paul related to that earlier, that we're all going to be different. I want a church that has... Uh, different backgrounds, and I'm looking out here, we're all from, we all come from different backgrounds, different nationalities, different age demographics, different mindsets. I believe that people who don't agree politically can also can worship under Jesus Christ. Amen. Because what is the most important thing that you believe in? I hope it's Jesus. I want, I want to be diverse. I want the River Church to be diverse like this river was. And I, I, I always think about the scene in Revelation where John says, I saw them come from every tribe, every nation, every language. Do you know that right now in the world there are over 13,000 different... Uh, hold on, let me say this right. I don't, I don't want to... Say it wrong, because <laughs> when I typed it, I thought, boy, this is going to be tricky. There are known Christians from over 13,000 ethno-linguistic peoples, over 13,000 languages 
of people that serve Jesus. Do you know that the average Christian right now is a Latin American girl? The average Christian. That means there are many more Christians outside of the, the good old USA than there are inside. And that in, in, in 100 years, Africa will be the center of Christianity. And they will be sending missionaries out to other places like us. They will be, that's where all the books will be coming from. All the, teach, the, the conferences will be coming from if trends continue. Diversity, it's a God thing. It's not just a me thing. It's a God thing. I've said this before, and I saw this one time, and this cracked me up. Brother Paul was talking about tongues earlier. Pentecostals, we want, we want to come to church, and we want to hear diversity of tongues. We want to hear all different languages, but when we go to Walmart, we only want to hear English. <laughs> and we laugh, but it's true. We've got to be careful what we're asking for, because if God really starts to answer our prayers, which I hope he does, bring it. Bring it on. I'm not scared of nothing. I'm not a scared. Listen, if I get uncomfortable with this kind of talk, I'm not going to like heaven very much. I've said it before, but at the rate that the Chinese people are getting saved, if majority rules in heaven, we're all going to be speaking Chinese. Again, this, this kind of talk makes people uncomfortable sometimes. And when you feel that rising up in you, that's not God. Jesus said, from your bellies will flow rivers of living water. The water is for us to disperse. It's not for us to hoard. Amen. So my, my, my goal, my vision for the River Church is that we will flow from the life of Christ, that we will be a place where diversity is welcome. We will be a place where people feel comfortable. We will be a place where anybody could walk in that door and feel loved. And when I say anybody, I mean anybody. Whatever is the worst of the worst in your mind, Jesus loves them. I mean, the worst of the worst in your mind. They are created in the image of God. And Jesus loves them. And he's called you to do the same. Amen. That's my dream for the River Church, is that everybody that walks in the door will feel like they're at home. They will feel loved. Yes, I want them to feel challenged. Yes, I want them to, uh, to want to lay their lives at the foot of the cross. Yes, I want them to ask Jesus to change them and to renew them and to make them and to shape them and to mold them. But Jesus does that, not Bradley. What Bradley does is love and hopefully speak truth, and that's all. The rest is up to him. All right, I need to move along. I lost my place. Let me find it. I want our, I want our church to be all backgrounds, all nationalities, uh, all, all age demographics. 
I want it to be a church that anybody that would walk in that door would feel at home, would feel welcome. And you know what I love about my church is that I see a lot of that now. I see when people come in, I see people talking to them and loving on them. So this is not a reprimand. This is a good job and let's keep it going. All right. All nations, all tribes, all languages. The kingdom is diverse. I already said that about Christians from 13,000 different languages. I think the kingdom, the kingdom when it comes, heaven, is going to be fascinating. I enjoyed hearing about my brother Paul, but we're going to get to hear about everybody. I mean, we're going to have time to talk to every, every believer that's ever lived their experiences, what they've been through, what they've seen, how God's worked in them, what God's done in their lives. It's going to be beautiful. And I want a little bit of that here. All right. Thirdly, everything that the river touches will live. That's my goal for the River Church, is that everyone who walks in these doors will, will come alive, that, that something will come alive in them, that God will come alive in them, God will be birthed in them. I talked about it uh, at Christmas time. Our goal is that everyone who walks in will feel the life-giving power of Christ. So that's my goal for this church, is that, that everything that comes in here will live, but then everything that we touch out there will also live. It, said, it says that the, the, the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea, there's nothing alive in the Dead Sea. It's too salty. There is no um, life in the Dead Sea. You can buy Dead Sea mud online and they bring it over. You plaster it on your face. It's supposed to have some healing. I actually have delivered Dead Sea mud to somebody before. Uh, but there's nothing alive. You will float in the Dead Sea if you jump in it. It's hard to drown in the Dead Sea. I mean, you could do it, but don't try it. But there's nothing alive in there. And this says that the river goes to where death is and brings life. And that's my goal for this church, is that in the darkest corners of St. Joseph, in the places where people are forgotten about, where people, nobody cares about them, I want to bring life to them as a church. And, and this week is just kind of an overview, kind of a painting with a broad brush. The next couple of weeks, we're going to be fine pointing that and talking a little bit more specifically about how we want to get some of these things accomplished. But I want everywhere that the river, the, the river church, wherever we go, I want life to come. When we go to serve at the food kitchen, I want to bring life. And again, this is not a reprimand. This is good job. Let's keep it going. And when we go to, to pass out meals or when we go to pass out clothes, that everywhere we go, we bring life. I want the river to flow to the hurting. The river flows and transforms the Dead Sea into a place where life flourishes. It turns salty into fresh water. <clears throat> and if you've been coming to the River Church for a while and you're still salty, it's time to go a little further than ankle deep. Because it says he led me to a place that was ankle deep. And I was, you know, just kind of kicking the water. And then we went out and I was waist deep. And I was like, ooh. But then I got to the point where I had to give up. And I had to swim. And swim in the river. And I've been to the, to the ocean before. And you can stay ankle deep and you can stay in control. You get waist deep, it gets a little bit dicier. You out over your head, you're at the mercy 
of whatever's out there. And a lot of us in our Christian walk, we like to stay ankle deep where we're still in control. You know, I might, you know, I can kind of feel where I'm going. Oh, nope, not going to step there. Not going to step there. But in 2021, I invite you to jump in the river. To just jump in and, and go with God. Let's, let's do this together. Let's go with God. Wherever he will take us. Wherever this river is going to take us. And it's taken us to some cool places. 2021, I talked about it last week. You know, for as bad as the year was, God still took us to some cool places. We still were able to do some, some great things in his name. But let's jump in together and go where this will take us. Everything that the river touches lives. And that's what I want out of this church. We need to go outside of these walls. Everywhere we go, to our families, to our workplaces, to our community. I want to take life. And again, it's not me that brings the life. It's Jesus. It's being tapped into him. But that's my vision for this church, is that we will be so tapped into him that when we go places, that we will bring life. There's an interesting scripture there. I believe it's in the seventh verse. Maybe it's, it says, the swamps and marshes did not get fresh water. They stayed salty. The swamps and the marshes, uh, let me see. Let me tell you what it is exactly. Uh, 47.11. But the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Some of us are swamps in our Christian walk. And I know a lot about this because I was a swamp. I was a crusty old alligator, crusty old crocodile patrolling my salty swamp. For a while, and I, I, I believe all of it is growth, like uh, Paul alluded to it earlier. We all have a journey. We all have a growth journey. But there was a time in my life where I was a swamp, where I was salty, where as I read about these, these swamps, that fresh water, that they, they stayed salty, that the river didn't affect them, I began to think about um, the Pharisees. And I began to think about a little bit about the, the story of the Good Samaritan. You remember the story of the Good Samaritan? It's found in um, Luke's Gospel. And it says that this guy fell to thieves. Thieves, they robbed him. They left him for dead. And a priest came by. And he looked down and he saw him and thought, man, that's, that's terrible. But... You know, that's probably just a result of, of the sin-sick world we live in. Not my fault, not my problem. The Levite came, same thing, passed over to the other side. But the Good Samaritan came along, and he poured in the oil and wine, put him up on his donkey, took him to, uh, to, to the inn, left money with the guy, said, take care of him. If this isn't enough, then I'll pay you even more. I'll pay you whatever you have to spend. And then Jesus said, and who was the neighbor to that guy? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And, and I thought about that, and I thought about the swamps, and I thought about my own life. How that earlier on in my Christianity, I would see people bleeding and dying on the side of the road. Not literally, but I would see people in trouble. And I would think things like, man, they're just a, they're just a, a victim of the system. You know, the system of sin that's come in. Not my fault, not my problem. 
I was, a, I, was a, I was a swamp. There was no fresh water coming in. See, the swamps don't have fresh water coming in. River, the rivers have an unlimited source, a new supply, new water, fresh water. That's why I loved it when Paul said, you can't put God in a box. God's always doing something new. And just because God did it one way back then, then people spend a lifetime, lifetime trying to get God to do it the same way again. But he's a living God, he says. He says, I'm a living God. I'm not a God who can only do things one way. You, do you have, when I talk to my wife, we don't have the same conversation every time. Why? Because we're both alive. We're, she's alive. I'm alive. Sometimes we drive a different way to get to church. Sometimes we take the highway. Sometimes we take the parkway. You think God's not like that? I know God, is, he doesn't change. There are things that don't change. Don't think, go out of here thinking I'm a heretic. But God works in new and mysterious ways. God wants us to be open to the fresh, giving life and, and open to the idea that we might be wrong about something. I was convinced for years that I had it all figured out. I was convinced that I knew. I even made this statement to somebody one time. Nobody in here about reading the Bible. I've, read, I've already read it all. I know what it says. <laughs> How arrogant. How arrogant. I was a swamp. There's no new revelation coming to me. And, and, and when I read it, I only affirmed the things that I already believed. Then I got saved. <laughs> when I was in my 30s, I feel like God revealed himself to me like, like I had been unwilling to see before. And I say that half joking, but actually very truthfully that when I began to see that I might not have everything figured out right in fact the older I get the more questions I have in my 20s I knew everything there was to know about God I had already buttoned it all down I it was done it's a done deal now the older I get the more questions I take to him the more life experiences you get the more questions you take to him you young people will understand that someday. But I was a salty swamp. And what I'm saying to you is in 2021, be open to the moving of God in new and fresh ways. Be open to the idea that, and I'm talking to myself too, that you don't have it all figured out. Be open to that. Be open to that. Be open to the idea that God is so vast and so big that his ways are beyond finding out. That's what Isaiah says. We strive and we, we constant. what I'm saying by that is we are constantly learning about this God. He's constantly pouring himself into us in new and in fresh ways. So in 2021, be somebody who is open to receiving new from God, new revelation, new, new vision. Okay, don't be a salty swamp. That was my... Last uh, thing for 2021. So, wrapping up. Here's the, I'll ask the band if they want to come up now. Then I'll know that I need to stop. So, here's the broad vision for 2021. Is that we are a church that gets our strength 
our inspiration, our hope, our peace, our joy, and our love from the true river of life, Jesus Christ. That he will inspire our preaching, our teaching, our works, our singing, and everything that we do. Number two, that we will strive to be a place where diversity can thrive, where we love and welcome and empower all God's children. Number three, that we will be a church where people can come and find new life, a new beginning, hope and life. And that we will also be a church that takes this hope and this life to our community in organized ways, but also in everyday relationships and interactions that we have with store clerks and waitresses and cart guys and people that we come in contact with, that we will take the river of life, Jesus, everywhere we go. That we will love when others walk away. That we will keep hope when others give up. And that we will show the love of Christ to everyone we contact. That everywhere the river flows, there will be life. That everywhere the river flows, there will be life. And that the the fruit on the trees that are planted by the river will bring healing. Is what the scripture said. They, They were for healing for the nations. That we will be planted by the river of life, Jesus. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. That is my hope for you for 2021, that you will bring forth fruit in this year. So here's my challenge for you in 2021. Are you going to stay ankle deep in safe water? Or are you going to plunge in? Are you going to jump in? Sometimes the wave gets rough. And sometimes the water gets choppy. But we serve someone who can calm the storm and who can walk on top of the waves. We serve Jesus. We serve Jesus. I'm going to ask um, Brother John... And Pastor Walker, if they will come and pass the communion.